over here. Core value number 11 says that honor affirms value. So one of the things we want to do this morning is, is talk into this word honor. And uh, as we begin, let's just ask the Lord to bless our time uh, from here. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for what you've already done in this service. We thank you for your vibrant and interactive and powerful word that you spoke through Micah to us. I just feel like God would have us just receive what he's already given us, whether it's the prophecy or the healing or even the plans that he has for us. And can, we just, can we just do this? Say, Lord, I receive what you have for me. I receive it. I actively receive it. I act, actively open my arms and uh, my heart and my mind and every part of my being. I receive what you have for me today. Hallelujah. I receive your prophetic word. I receive your healing. And I receive even right now the teaching of the word, Lord, that you're going to alight and, and embolden and light a flame some things in our hearts today. And I receive that. I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, interesting, we, uh, we started on a journey as a church back, oh man, how many ever years ago now? In the Abbots, it started... Quite a, wise, quite a ways ago, and we got to know the, <laughs> our friends Ben and Micah, and we won't go into all the history there, but it's, it goes back a ways, and as God was beginning to do some stuff in our lives, they were brought into our lives, and they helped us on part of that journey, and then they actually came on, on staff with us at our church in Minnesota, and, and then they left us high and dry. They took off for Global Awakening and Randy Clark. <laughs> We blessed them. We released them. But it was so fun because even at that point, even though we weren't really in each other's lives a lot in terms of physically and, and geographically, we were still connected. Don't you thank God for friends like that, that some friends kind of come and go, but some friends you kind of keep a, a line with, you know. And so that's been the case. And so I won't tell you all of the story other than to say when you see hedgehogs around the place, you know, we always have hedgehogs as kind of our mascot. And many of you know the story about the hedgehog prophecy and all that thing. And that was actually Micah that gave that prophecy to us all those many years ago. And so we just bless you for helping us with that. And it's really been a, a, a very strong thing for us as a reminder of what God wants to do supernaturally here. And so we bless that. But as we began this hedgehog journey back so many years ago, we, uh, God allowed us to come in contact with a book called Culture of Honor by Danny Silk. How many of you have, ever, have read the book Culture of Honor by Danny Silk? So many of us that have been on the, here, but there's many that haven't. I want to just encourage you today <laughs> to go get that book, whether it's online or digital or whatever. It's called Culture of Honor. It's by Danny Silk. And in so many ways, as we began this hedgehog journey into the supernatural, God allowed this book to be right with us at the beginning. And I know Kathy helped teach it in one, in, in one of the Wednesday stuff and, and how revolutionary it was for us as we walked through that. How many of you have ever had something that God gives you or read a book or hear a sermon or something comes alive in your, in your spirit as you're reading the Word and all of a sudden... It's like your eyes get this big, right? And you're looking at it. I got an email from somebody this week, and they were reading in the Old Testament. And, but they had received some, through us some teaching on the prophetic and, and how the, the prophetic really uh, isn't something that I was raised with in a real vibrant, powerful way. But 
has you read the scripture with different eyes. And so if you read the eyes through like prophecy and the supernatural things, all of a sudden you can read the same book in the Bible, but then you read it with different lenses and all of a sudden it's a whole new book, man. And I know some of you experienced that when we were walking through uh, uh, Gideon. <laughs> we went through that and how prophetic that whole thing was. And so he was reading the book of Esther and all of a sudden in Esther, he's seeing all this prophecy stuff and he's typing me this email and it was just beautiful. But as we began to walk our journey, we, our eyes were opened to this thing of the culture of honor. And I don't have time to do the whole story today, but in the beginning of the, the book, Culture of Honor, Danny Silk tells a story about how in their supernatural school, uh, they have all these hundreds of students, and some of the leader students in their second year over the summer between first and second year had started getting real cozy with each other, and they ended up sleeping together and, and having sex over the summer time. And then, you know, they repented and they came back, but they had to come and tell the school. Um, and one of the reasons why, not only did they want to repent, but they also were pregnant. And so how would a church and ministries handle something like that? I will tell you that in my Bible college days, if someone got pregnant or was messing around, got caught or drugs or drinking or whatever, they... They got the heave-ho right away. I'm like, they didn't, they didn't stick around. They weren't allowed to stick around. But in, this, in the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry and through all this, Danny tells this story about how they moved beyond just judgment and, and, and you know, you're out of here. They fully expected to get kicked out. They're like, okay, we messed up, and this is my religious experience is that you done bad, you're out of here because you're making us look bad, you know. And so it's an amazing story. So in the beginning of the book, I want to encourage you to get the book and read the whole thing. But they began to walk that out in a whole different way. Never once did they say that sleeping together before marriage is okay. Never once did they say anything or giving any, you know, to, to that whole thing. But they did go beyond that into what were some of the things that are going on inside of you that made you think this was okay or all these kind of things. And they went a little bit deeper and they just handled it in what they, what they call a culture of honor. And it's interesting because in churches, I think we get this wrong a lot, you know, and if you've been raised in church, you know that there's a church way of thinking things and then there's <laughs> a culture of honor way that's, that's different. And so one of the things that book really challenged us, and I want to encourage you again to get it and, and to read it. And if you have read it, I want you to go back and reread it uh, this week. The word honor, by its just basic definition, means to high respect or esteem. And I will just give you a little bit right up front. This is a big topic. Honor is a big topic. And there's no way we're going to get to it in 15, 20 minutes. We're going to spend a few weeks on this. Uh, but I want to get us started this morning. And I want to say this. Number one, that honor is for everybody. Honor is for everybody. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you're online, uh, we're going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. Uh, but you can read out of any version. They, they sound pretty similar. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 to 26 it's a fairly lengthy passage, but the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and they have been doing some things good, but they've also messed up quite a few things. Like, even just the chapter before what we're reading, they, he had to do a lot of correcting about how they were doing communion, you know? 
they were doing it as a meal and all this stuff, but there was a lot of junk and they were getting some things wrong. And so he, he was correcting them on that and some different things in this letter. But he gets to this part and he, it's a fairly extensive uh, passage of scripture and it goes even further, but he wants them to know something very important. And that is this, that every single person in the body has great value. And every single person in the body should be honored, all right? So as we read, we'll start with verse 14. It says this, In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. Right? So fingers, foot, toes, head, livers, kidneys, everything. Your human body is made up of all these things. And he says in verse 15, So if the foot were to say, Since I am not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body. It's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Verse 17, think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? Verse 18, but God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required. For if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. Verse 20, so now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. Verse 22. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. Verse 24. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. And if one is honored, everyone rejoices. You know, he, he's making a point, you know, sometimes we get a verse and it's, it's a quick hitter, you know, truth. Just doo, doo, doo. But sometimes it seems as if Paul really wants to make the point. And he really goes into this pretty extensively. Okay, so just do me a favor. Everybody look around. Look at other people. And uh, here's what I want you to notice, first of all. Number one, they are not you. <laughs> all right? And you are not them. So one of the things the enemy loves to do with, with people is to get us comparing ourselves to other people. Oh, they're this and this. And, you know. and sometimes we, we look at the parts that are more, uh, you know, visual, you know, like a pastor or the worship team or some of these kind of things. And we look at them and we go, ooh. You know, it's funny. Some people come to church and they, they're new to the church and they just make a beeline for the pastor. You guys get, better get ready for this because this is coming. <laughs> and they just think, ooh, they're the most honored. They're the most important. I need to be friends with them. And they just, whoop, they come right on in. And, and it's fine. I, I love getting new friends. But 
Sometimes I wonder what the motivation is. In other words, if they're cool and they're up on stage, then I want to be close to them, then I can be cool and maybe I'll get on stage, you know, kind of a, a thing. And yet Paul is making a big point here and says, listen, you don't even see the stuff that's on inside of you, but how important is your kidneys? You know, how important is your liver? You know, how important is your heart? You know, these things that we don't even see, they're all covered up. And he says, they're actually, the, the lesser <laughs> visual ones are actually more honored than the ones that you see. You know, the head or the, you know, the you know, fist or the arm or whatever. And he says, look at, and, and this is the point I want to make. Every, honor is for everybody. <laughs> you know, in the church and in, in our society, you know, we tend to look up to certain people and we lift them up. And, and honor, though, isn't just for you know, like, how many, how many of you like, I'll start with Randy Clark. How many of you like Randy Clark? Like, you listen to his stuff, and you're like, oh, you know, he's got awesome stuff. And then there's Bill Johnson and some of these others, you know. And we tend to lift up and honor them. And, and even at Bethel, and I'm pretty sure at Global, like, like if, if Randy Clark walks down the hallway, there's a certain, you know, like, it's him, it's Randy Clark, you know. And maybe not so much for the everybody around him, but there's a certain thing within us that wants to, you know, do the honor up thing. But I, I want to challenge us today in this, that honor just isn't an up thing. It's a, it's a sideways thing. And it's an even reaching down thing. You know? One of the things I try to do and model for my kids so much is this everybody is valuable thing. You know, just even in little ways. Yesterday we were at McDonald's. We were coming back from the beach and, and we stopped to get the kids a little something. And these two little girls were in front of us. And I couldn't tell if they were just, you know, if they had money or not. You know, like sometimes if, if certain people, if they're not, if their clothes are dirty or something. And, you know, so I just wasn't sure their station. And I was, you know, just trying to figure it out. But they, they brought up two really old coupons, like a year old for a free ice cream cone. And we're standing there, and I've kind of taught my girls this. So whenever there's an opportunity for someone to get something, they want to give it, right? And I, and I love that because I want to honor even some little kids, you know, by just blessing them with ice cream and letting them know they're valuable, and I just want to pay for it, you know? And, uh, and this idea, though, that, like, that it is tough. We're all valuable, we're all valuable. Every single person here, every person we run into today, you know, everybody deserves honor. But I would say this, honor is also a journey, <laughs> right? I look back on some of my earlier days as a pastor, and I'm just going to confess, I didn't get the honor thing right very often when I, when I was younger, you know, because I come out of college, and I'm a youth pastor, and I got big youth groups, and I just think I'm this huge, everybody, you know, cool guy, and I didn't, I just remember not always honoring people. In fact, I'll remember in my mind, I'll go back, and sometimes a memory will come up, and do you ever have a memory come up in your mind, and you kind of go, ooh, ah, oh, I did that? I stink. I don't know what the world, you know. <laughs> you know. And I, I just remember that this honor thing has really been a journey. You know, and again, basic honor for people in authority and policemen and this kind of stuff, you know. But that honor thing that puts value in every single person, that's that's something that I think we grow into. How many of you would agree that there's actually bumps on the road when it comes to honor? Sometimes we nail it. <clears throat> 
And other times we, we totally miss it, right? It's interesting, in Paul, in the, most of the New Testament, I would say, is a journey, right? Like, even the Apostle Paul, you know, we, we think of Paul and all his writings, and he's just, faint, you know, totally, it's like Jesus, the disciple, and then, then Paul. Like, he's right there. In fact, he's probably above the disciples in terms of, you know. But it's interesting because even Paul, at one point, gets kind of ticked at somebody else and doesn't want to go on a trip with them anymore. And then he picks somebody else. And then this other person honors the first person so well that they go ahead and, and so they split. They end up going in two different directions. And it feels like if you read that story in the book of Acts, you go, well, that doesn't look like honor very well. You know, I, I don't think you're doing it very well. And, and, uh, and, and even Peter, you know, in, in, in Acts, it talks about how he... Uh, uh, he wanted people, like, they wanted to have them go through this religious exercise of circumcision, right? And, and you had the Jews, and you had the Gentiles. And sometimes as you're reading through that in the book of Acts, you're like, I don't think they're handling this very well, you know. I don't think they're treating each other with honor very good. And so even as you look at some Bible characters, and you see that it's a journey, man. <laughs> so it's interesting, though, because in Corinthians, Paul ends up correcting them a lot about how they do communion, how they do some of their relationships, how they're doing this right and this wrong. And he ends up, a lot of the, the, the letter is a, a correction, if you will. In fact, most of the New Testament is this. <laughs> the writer will address this, the, the letter to the city or the church in a city, Ephesus, Galatian, you know, Galatia, you know, Corinth, whatever. And he will call them saints, now, somebody just tell me, what does the word saint mean? Anybody? What is it? I'm not hearing anything. What? <laughs> what? Uh, well, no, actually, it's, you know, it's, it has a positive thing. But it has to do with a called out one or a holy one. Right? Set aside. It's this holy kind of calling, if you will. And so Paul addresses everybody in the church by the word saint. You are a called out one. You're set apart. You're holy. And then he starts writing about all the things they're doing wrong. <laughs> right? I mean, if you read through the New Testament, it's, it's a lot of correction in there, isn't it? A lot of, hey, you're doing this. Get this right. And so he calls them saints, almost like perfected ones. But then he begins to point out all these things that they need to be corrected. And here's what you're messing up, and this is how to do it better. Right? And I, I look at that, and I think, that's interesting. Because... Positionally, they're saints. Right? They've all been saved. They've all had their sins forgiven. You know, they're all called out and set apart and holy. And yet, there are places and areas of their life that need adjusting. How many of you would raise your hand and admit there, there possibly is areas in your life that might need adjusting, even now? And anybody that's not raising your hand, with our hands raised, we can go to these other people and they can help us out because <laughs> they got it all together. <laughs> Right? But the journey is really interesting. And the, the journey, I would say, in honor is like much of life. We, sometimes we mess it, and sometimes we miss it, right? And sometimes we even miss it completely. And uh, even like that couple in the Culture of Honor book with Danny Silk, he, you know, they messed up, and they knew they'd messed up, and they were, you know, they repented, but... You know, Danny and some of the team helped walk through them some of the issues that, you know, kind of were there to to uh, 
have them make those choices that they made. But how many of you know that that was a bumpy journey? Right? Yeah, real bumpy. And you can read part of that too. But here's the thing. I want us to realize this morning that there's a difference between perfection and direction. Right? I don't think any of us would say, like, positionally, we're saints. We're perfect. Right? But in reality, it's kind of like the books of the New Testament. We're perfect as saints, but we've got some areas we could probably work on. <laughs> you know, there's some areas Holy Spirit could show us some things and, and help us. And I would say this, that there's a difference between perfection and direction. See, anytime I ever mess up in life, and, you know, I do, anytime I ever make a mistake or I'm not honoring to somebody or if I don't do it quite right, how many of you know God is way more interested in my direction than in my perfection. You know, this that whole get up, dust yourself off, say, well, I messed that up. I'm going to keep going towards Jesus, <laughs> you know. Or if you don't honor someone the way you really want to or you end up falling back into some other things and you go, whew, all right, I don't want to go backwards on this honor journey. I want to go forward. And so what? In this, in this story in, in, in uh in Bethel with this couple that got pregnant in, in the culture of honor. Danny says this thing. He says, it looks like you two have dropped a can of paint in the room and it has splattered paint on a whole bunch of people, right? He says, now what are you going to do to clean up the mess? That's really genius, right? Because they're walking through them with honor in, in, in this culture, but they also realize that, hey, just because I'm a saint doesn't mean I'm always doing the right thing. Sometimes I have to, if you will, clean up a mess. So with our kids, we say this all the time, you know, like if they get really, do something weird with their brother or sister, we'll say, hey, that looks like a mess. I think you might want to clean that one up, <laughs> you know. And so they go back and apologize or whatever they have to do. And so this journey of honor, I just want to encourage you that God isn't sitting there waiting for you to, to mess up or something. He's not, he's not, you know, if you make a mistake in this area of honoring someone else, it's okay to to fail, to drop a can of paint and get some on people. But it also is imperative that you go and you, and you clean up the mess that you have made and say, Lord, I know I'm not perfect, but my direction is towards you, right? And dust yourself off. And how many of you know that when we do that, the lover of our souls, he's actually going, come on, that's awesome. Come on, here, let me help you with that. And, and he'll give you insight. And he's actually wanting you to come into his arms and do this. The journey sometimes gets a little bumpy. And I would, uh, I would just say the third thing, and we'll end with this, that honor is expressed in words and actions. You'll notice I didn't stop with one of those two words. <laughs> Put them together. Honor has to be something that we do both in word and action. It really matters. It's important. When we were in... Uh, Sox Center, when we were pastoring there, when we first got there, there was a pastor before us, and he had created some, he dropped a can of paint, let's just put it, and there was some splatter, and so we came in, and we're trying to do the right thing, and, and you know, of course, we're, we're, uh, we're new at the, the, the lead pastor, senior pastor thing, but in the town we were at, it was a smaller town, that the other pastor that had left then went and tried to start another ministry. Now it's a town of 3,000, <laughs> and it's full of Catholic and Lutheran churches, you know. And this guy tries to start another ministry in town, 
And so he takes a bunch of people with him as he goes, which it's kind of not the way you're supposed to do it as pastor. If you leave the church, you should probably leave town and just, you know. <laughs> but he didn't. He did this whole thing, and he didn't do it in an honoring way towards me. And so one of the people that was affected was uh, a young lady. Uh, she was a single gal, teacher in the town. And there were some people that just left, right? Have you ever been around churches where people just leave? And you're like, okay. You know, no conversations are had, or there's weird stuff, and we won't go into all that. But here was a young gal that had decided she was going to be, she was going to do this honor, and she was going to do it in word and action. So she comes into my office one day, and she says, listen, Pastor Steve, I really like you. You know, I know you're new, and I really like this, this church, and I got all these friends here. She said, but, but I really feel like I'm supposed to go with this guy to this other ministry. And so she comes in, and she, she walks through the whole thing with us, and she's transparent, and she's honest, and we have this dialogue and I said, Gretchen, thank you so much for doing this. And I said, listen, I want you to know that our love for you isn't going to change. And if at any point in the future you want to come back and be a part of us, I want you to know we're going to have open arms and we, we would love to have you come back. And see, we left that conversation like that. And she gets up and she leaves. And it was, we, we prayed and we hugged the whole thing. And she goes and she goes with this other ministry, this other thing, and it, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't work. It kind of goes on life support, and then it dies after like six months, I think. And then the guy left town, and that was kind of the end of it. But Gretchen comes back to my office after the end of all that, and she says, um, Pastor, uh, that thing didn't work, and I think I missed what Holy Spirit was saying. And she says, if you'll have me, I, I would like to come back and be a part of the church. And I'm like, oh, my word. I mean, I couldn't have hugged her enough, you know what I'm saying? Because here was a, a journey that, of honor and what honor looked like. See, it wasn't just words, but it was action. It was, it was this whole body concept of saying, listen, even though my actions are going away from you, but I'm also going to bring my actions back to you. I'm going to do it in a humble way and this whole thing. And honor was so real in that journey. And, of course, she comes back, and the church just totally accepted her and loved her, and we, it, was, it was awesome. She ended up going on to be one of my deacons in the church for many years and a leader in the church and just teaching stuff, and it was just, it ended up awesome. But do you see how important honor is? When we do things the right way with both our actions and our words, we end up creating a place where God can then do really cool things beyond that. And I just want to encourage us today, as we move forward from here on this journey of honor, that honor is, well, Kingdom Culture book. Let me just, uh, let me just read this, this quote for you in this chapter on honor. It says, honor is demonstrated through consistent respect in word and action towards those, now watch this, those we lead, follow, love, and disagree with. Can I challenge you with something as we close? Honor doesn't even start until there's a disagreement. <laughs> I mean, in many cases. Like honor, we can just say we honor. And how many of you know it's easy to love and honor people that we get along with? <laughs> you know, that, that part's easy. But what is the challenge? It's like when I want, need to honor someone when I disagree with them or if there's a problem of some kind. You see what I'm saying? And I love, again, like this Gretchen gal, she just decided she wasn't going to allow anything to come into play so that she was going to walk it out with honor. 
So why don't you stand with me this morning? We'll pick this up next week, and we'll uh, dig in a little deeper. So, Father, we love you today, and thank you so much for what you are doing in our lives. <laughs> Lord, I pray that as we are walking this life, that we do it in a way that, first of all, is honoring to you. Lord, that as we honor you and we make that a priority, Father, then we move into places in our interactions with others, with spouses, with our children, with our co-workers, our bosses, our neighbors, people in the store, everywhere we go. Lord, that we would truly be people of honor, that we would, we, we would demonstrate and show the love that you have shown us to those that we rub shoulders with and we come in contact with every week. So, Lord, I just bless your people right now. I bless them, Lord, to have a quickening in their spirit and a quickening in their heart. And as these opportunities to either dishonor or honor come this week, that we would choose the path of honor, that you would allow us to grow in these things. We ask you for that today. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Bless you. Hey, uh, we're going to take just about five minutes. And we're going to release you. If you need to go, go. If you're a member of uh, Epicenter Church or this is your church home, uh, we want to encourage you to come back. We're going to have a short meeting. Uh, we'll say 1215. All right. God bless you. We'll see you back here in five minutes.